0: Welcome. It's Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Farron Cousins, host of Ring of Fire, amazing analyst. Should be fascinating. Also, we have Councilman Brian E. Hawkins. The Councilman was featured earlier this week on Indisputable because he stood up When a white male aggressor got in the face of a black child about CRT, it was the councilman who is also a preacher who stood up and did the right thing. All right, top story of the day, hell of a thing. Chief Justice Berger, back in the day, actually said the Second Amendment is a fraud, Republican conservative guy said this. Here it is.
1: If I were writing the Bill of Rights now, there wouldn't be any such thing as the Second Amendment. Which says? That uh, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the defense of the state, the people's rights to bear arms. This has been the subject of one of the greatest pieces of fraud, I repeat the word fraud, on the American public by special interest groups that I have ever seen in my lifetime. I just look at those words. There are only three lines to that amendment. A well-regulated militia. If the militia, which was going to be the state army, was going to be well-regulated, why shouldn't 16 and 17 and 18 or any other age persons be regulated in the use of arms the
0: way an automobile is regulated? He was the conservative chief justice of the United States Supreme Court, appointed by Nixon with the intent of moving the court more so to a conservative standard. But this particular conservative understood the interplay of profit and gun rights. He knew there was a fraud. I'm going to expose part of their fraud during this segment. But keep this in mind. There was a time, ladies and gentlemen, when Democrats and Republicans were basically saying the same thing as it relates to gun rights. We need common sense gun reform legislation while maintaining a person's right to bear arms. There was a balance. That balance has evaporated. There's more. MSNBC. Lawrence O'Donnell turned back the clock by airing that video you just saw of former Supreme Court Justice Warren Burger. Uh, And this was his criticism of the Second Amendment, but it was more than that. And I'll get into it in a moment. He was also talking about money. On Monday, a shooter gunned down six people, as you know, at a school in Nashville. Three of the victims were children, all nine years of age and all dead. The rampage has spawned the usual demands for gun control from Democrats and the calls to fortify schools from Republicans. During his show on Tuesday, O'Donnell stated the political divide on guns was not always so wide. The quote is There was a time when Republicans were no more in favor of gun rights than Democrats were, he said. But then Republican campaign pollsters found the sliver of the electorate that cares obsessively about guns and added them to the sliver of the electorate that cares obsessively about stopping all abortions and added them to the electorate that hates taxes and liberals. And that became their only formula to win elections. O'Donnell invoked Berger a Republican tap by President Richard Nixon to become Chief Justice in 1969. Berger served until retiring 1986. Now, I'm going to show you another video of what I call a feckless politician. This is an elected leader who is elected to solve problems out of Tennessee. Here it is.
1: Three precious little kids lost their lives, and I believe three adults, I believe it's, and, um And the shooter, of course, lost their life, too. So it's it's a horrible, horrible situation. And we're not gonna fix it. Criminals are gonna be criminals. And my daddy fought in the Second World War, fought in the Pacific, fought the Japanese. And he told me, he said, buddy, he said, if somebody wants to take you out and doesn't mind losing their life, there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it.
0: Isn't that something? Tim, the representative from Tennessee, he says, hey, My daddy told me that if somebody wants to get you, they're gonna get you. I'm paraphrasing. So, sir, why are you an elected representative? If policies and laws, statutory code, punishment, restrictions, regulation, if these things do not work, why did you seek a position that put those very dynamics in place? Here's the reason. He's simply giving lip service. He's gaslighting. Remember, this is part of the same group who decided to make thousands of laws based on a lie about election manipulation. They know it's a lie. They have said it is a lie. They have texted each other it is a lie, but it did not stop them from creating legislation around the lie. This is the truth. Children are dying. Access to guns is insane in this country. And as the former Republican Chief Justice put it, it's a damn fraud. 100% down the middle, fraud. As a matter of fact, look at the Constitution. It is not a protection of an individual right in the first place. That became an interpretation a few decades ago by the U.S. Supreme Court. Also, if your right to bear arms is absolute, why is it that every state has an age and qualifier? For example, you have freedom of speech. That freedom of speech is absolute, but there's regulation statutorily. If you misuse it, if you engage in criminal activity, or if you utilize it to maliciously lie on someone else, The government can penalize you. Yes, that's how it works. Every right has a responsibility. Speech, your freedom of speech is a right. That freedom has common sense responsibility. Guns, once again, your right to bear arms codified in the Constitution. But with right comes responsibility. Nobody calls the responsibility to not utilize your speech criminally speech control. So why would we call it gun control? Here's the crux of it. Let's put it up. According to a public policy polling survey, 83% of gun owners support expanded background checks on sales of all firearms. That includes 72% of NRA members, National Rifle Association members. As a result, it would seem strange that the NRA has not come out in full support of universal background checks. But it makes sense when you place in proper context what the former Chief Justice said, what O'Donnell said, and what I'm saying today. The vast majority of members of the NRA are for universal background checks. The vast majority of gun owners are for universal background checks. The vast majority of Americans in general, over 90 percent, are for universal background checks. Who's against it? The gun manufacturers. They are against it But what happened. There is no universal background check for all firearms. It is a fraud. All right, dear brother, thoughts here.
2: You know, I, I I love that you brought up those numbers because that is the first thing I was thinking of when you talked about the sliver, because that is exactly who the NRA is appealing to with their claims, they're gonna take your guns. It's that tiny little sliver that will believe anything you feed them. The majority of gun owners, as you pointed out, majority of NRA members, majority of average Americans, there is no divide. We're all in agreement that we need to have common sense gun reforms. The only place where this is actually a debate is in Congress. Yep. That it's, you know, the same with the issue of of climate change. You know, everybody says, yeah, let's do something. The debate, the the divisions only actually exist in DC because the money flowing into that city, flowing to those politicians, is enough to ignore the will of 80% of the public. That is how much. They have sold out this country for a million dollars here, a million dollars there. You know, 300 million people are worth less than a million dollars to these Republicans that are arguing that, nope, we can't touch it. They're gonna kill you anyway, as, as the lawmaker said. So yeah, I guess you just gotta accept it. They sold us out for pennies per person.
0: There you go. All right, we will bring updates as they develop. A man hits another couple's car, decides to engage in a racist tirade. Here it is. Right,
1: that's why I got out. you If you're so you bad, are... Okay. You're not even an animal. There you go. So you're an example of what the name ignorant. Clear and Kill example all ignorant. The... Kill all Kill the... all You feel better? If you're so bold, if you're so bold, say your name. Say your name. Say you're so bold.
0: Boy, I just want to let you know the police is on the way. I called you to walk the police, so you're leaving the scene of an accident, sir.
3: Treat
0: the police like a. That's what you said, but you did. You did. You can leave if you want. I'm Feel better. picture full mass. Now, let's go ahead and do this the right way. A New York man is under investigation for his racist rant toward a black family in a grocery store parking lot. The incident occurred on March 20th at an Aldi in Chicktowaga, a su- suburb of Buffalo. The sequence of events reportedly began when Kevin Moses, went inside the grocery store to grab items while his wife, Cheryl, waited outside in the car. When Kevin returned, his wife told him that the man you're looking at hit their car. Kevin confronted the man and the situation escalated quickly as the white male started to yell racial slurs against the black couple. Cheryl then took out her phone and started recording the encounter. chick Tawaga PD showed up and told me, since the vehicle was parked, they can't write a report. Insanity, right? I was given his insurance carrier name however, no number or name. The police told WIVB4 News that they were aware of the video and launched an investigation to identify the man. Wait a minute, it took the local news to do the story before you launched an investigation. I thought you launched an investigation when you said you launched an investigation. There's more. The police captain, uh, Brian Kuhn, said in a statement, we have identified the individual through our investigative or investigation process. We have determined that we have dealt with this individual previously. Based on those dealings, we are getting the assistance of our behavioral health unit. The police also mentioned that they were working with the Erie County DA's office to determine if criminal charges should be pursued. Let me help you out here. Uh, They're saying, basically, they will now become his defense counsel. Okay, That is an affirmative defense, saying that, well, there's a mental health issue. Um, That's an affirmative defense typically launched by your defense attorney. It looks as if this district is really proactive about making sure they are thoughtful how they allocate this particular dynamic. If the individual is engaged in driving, shopping, hitting someone, knowing that is wrong, fleeing the scene, utilizing his tactics to avoid being captured, the court of law typically say that is evidence of a guilty conscience. You see, mental health is not the actual standard for the court, it is mental health to the degree or a mental issue to the degree that you are unable to understand right from wrong. It's not simply you having a mental health issue. Hell, we all have mental health issues on some level, including me. So this dynamic of he may have a mental health issue does not immune him to the reality of consequence based on the law. All right, Cousins, thoughts on this one.
2: Yeah, leaving the scene of an accident with property damage and the cops saying we, we can't write a report because the car was parked, that, that's a new one. That is yeah. absolutely something I've never heard in, in any state in this country. So right off the bat, as soon as I, I, I saw that part, it's like, all right, I already don't believe anything these cops are saying. Yeah. Absolutely a farce from the start. And then for them to say, well, yeah, we've determined, we've dealt with him in the past, in what capacity you know what has this man done previously that that we need to know about is he a danger to other individuals sure seemed like it mm-hmm. from that video he he does seem a little unhinged but the language that he was using the the charges that he 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 made with these people that's a threat that is a danger that is a, a, a somebody that shouldn't be on the streets, driving around and and, and doing these kinds of things. So I I hope they've got the behavioral health unit on this, but that also doesn't, as you said, it it doesn't absolve the actual activity that took place there. Maybe it explains why he felt so emboldened to make those horrific claims in, in that video but that doesn't yeah. excuse the other part of it. So we've got two separate issues here. Right. A, a deeply racist man who may be dealing with some demons, but also clearly with it enough to understand that he's hit a vehicle and just left and the cops did nothing about that. And that it, the whole thing is absolutely sickening. And I, th- I think yeah. we all know why the cops didn't do anything about it.
0: We are going to keep the pressure high on this particular story. We will bring you updates as they come. Police defunding the police, this time to the tune of $10 million. Why? Because they decided to shoot a beanbag at a protester unlawfully. Put a picture up for a mask. This is what happens when you allow lawless cops to remain on your police force. They will bleed your city dry. Leslie Prokron hit was hit in the face with a beanbag. This is basically a projectile. It is shot at you. This happened May 20th, excuse me, May 30th, 2020. They actually agreed to this in 2022, but the council has to now vote on it. So I'm gonna give you the background to what happened and why this cop was 100% wrong, but nothing is going to happen. He actually got a promotion. The city of La Mesa settled a civil lawsuit with a 61-year-old woman who has now been left partially blind by an officer shooting a beanbag during a 2020 protest of the killing of George Floyd. Despite receiving an eight-figure award, the woman says her life has been severely altered and no amount of money can replace what she's lost. The city settled a complaint filed on behalf of Leslie by Dante Pride. Dante Pride in the San Diego Superior Court and later forwarded to federal court for 10 million. That's according to San Diego Union Tribune. The lawyer said in the statement, and I quote, Ms. Leslie suffered horrific, life-changing injuries at the hands of the LMPD. I want you to keep this in mind, LMPD, going to come back up in just a moment, under circumstances that were criminal at worst and grossly negligent at best, the lawsuit alleged her First Amendment right to protest was violated by the local police detective named Eric Knutson. The officer shot Ms. Leslie during a protest in May 2020 outside of the police department headquarters with a bean bag ammunition. He opened fire on Ms. Leslie because he said he believed she was throwing rocks at other police. The settlement was actually reached in December, 2022. However. It is scheduled to be approved by the city council next month. DA Summer Steffen, let's put her up, wrote in a letter to law enforcement the officer's actions were reasonable and categorized as self-defense. Self-defense, you say. Did we not just conclude there was nothing to defend against? How is this conclusively Self defense. Well, there's more. It goes like this Detective Knutson believed Miss Frucrime had thrown a rock. That's the DA talking. Now, she's sounding like a defense attorney. There's more. He was incorrect. She threw a can. But his belief was not unreasonable given the totality of circumstances the officers were dealing with over several hours of protesting and rioting where they were subject to rocks being thrown at them continuously. She wrote before adding, there was no evidence Detective Knudsen intended to aim at her head. The police department also added the officer did not violate department Policy, from an administrative standpoint, it says it is determined that this detective reacted reasonably within California law and department policy when he discharged the less lethal shotgun in order to prevent injury to other law enforcement uh, officers. Oh, okay. So he used the beanbag to protect police, not to protect citizens. He would have preferred to use the gun, I guess. All right. A report from the department officials said. Ironically, the report shows the detective was never properly trained to shoot the firearm that he was in possession of. That's number one. Number two, the gun in question did not belong to the LMPD. Who did it belong to? It belonged to the sheriff's department. Furthermore. The beanbag gun also magically went missing during the investigation into the case. Years after the inquiry, criminal charges, into criminal charges, the weapon has not been found. Facing no discipline from the force, this detective was eligible and has now been promoted to the rank of sergeant. So let me highlight a few things here that must be spoken on. Number one. You have the DA, one-two combination. DA comes out, oh, nothing to see here, self-defense, even though it wasn't, it is. And then the police department, they come out, oh, no, a policy violation here. The DA says, and we have no evidence that he was aiming at the head of another person. Madam, you know good and damn well that is not the standard of law. If you engage in conduct that is grossly negligent, disregards the reality of cause and effect, there can be a criminal penalty. However, because of statutory dynamics and a few Supreme Court case rulings, the same law that would apply to me will not apply to them. It does not apply to them. Gross negligence typically will not end up in a criminal charge with a cop, but it would with you. All right, hell of a thing. The beanbag wasn't even the department issued. It has magically gone missing. I think the reason is missing is because it probably may have been in hands. All right, thoughts, dear brother.
2: You know, it, it, this is why you cannot basically have cops investigating cops, because as much as people don't want to think about it, that is essentially what the district attorney is. These yep. are the people they work with every day on every case that they bring. They're their friends at your buddies, you hang out with them after work, you go out for drinks, you go to dinner. These are good friends that will protect each other no matter what. And let's look at her statements here. Like, okay, first of all, he thought she threw a rock. He believed there was a danger. We don't see that there was intent. It's assumption on assumption on assumption that, that you get so far out there that you're not even close to the truth. You're not even close to analyzing the situation because you're just assuming all of these magical things like, well, clearly he didn't mean to aim it at her head, even though it had to have been aimed at her head in order to hit her in the head. So you cannot make that assumption when you have the physical evidence of the beanbag hitting this woman's eye. She was 59 years old at the time. She was not a threat, and if you can't tell the difference between a rock and an empty can of Red Bull, one of the shiniest cans out there, then you don't have the judgment necessary to have a weapon as a police officer. That's right. That's my thought on that.
0: And fair, you know, they were out there just shooting everybody. They didn't give a damn what they were doing. They were just shooting people with beanbag rounds. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I want to say thank you in advance to everybody who continues to not only engage with the content, but also make your contributions uh, to the success of the show. We really appreciate it, uh, and all of it does count, all right? Okay, don't forget about the podcast, Indisputable. Um, We are over 1 million downloads now, which puts us at the top 5% of all podcasts. Uh, That's because of you. That's because of you. If you miss the show, don't fret. You can always watch a full episode every day on a podcast platform of your choice. We're basically everywhere. Uh, Don't forget, rate us five stars when you do. Okay, here we go. So, Nostra Science says, Dr. Ritchie, you need to have your gun, guess quote, the Second Amendment. They will usually leave off a well-regulated militia being necessary, part. Then you nail them for lying to the public for uh, disgenually misquoting the Second Amendment. It's all done in one sentence. There you go, you are right, 100% right. All right, let me read progressive positive LMFT. All right, their negligence is not on the civilians to shoulder such BS talking about the cop who is defunding the police in California, all right? 10 million bucks. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would.
3: You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday. You're You're still free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. I swear to God, are we doing this? Can you back up off of me? Because if you put your hands on me, I'm going to call the police. I'm trying to go. Please back up. I'm a government. Porn. I do not care. But if you put your hands on me, I'm going to call the police. Can you see this? Can you see this? I just want somebody to. I'm just trying to get on the this the elevator. She's crazy. There's stairs. What's I'm gonna call the police if you do not stop. If you try to barricade me, I'm going to call the police. That's I'm going to call the police. You need to go. Can somebody stand she's here with me, go. please? This girl's what? like a rate. Like, she's, I'm, she's making me nervous. She's lunging at me with her dog. Please stop. What is please stop. I'm trying to go home. I'm lunging at you with your dog. Did You're she not, not did you, am I bugging? Like um, I had the whole video. You've been, I've been just trying to go what? home. Don't like, this is bad. What? This is really bad. This is super fucking bad. You're causing it's a disturbance. So we live, really live really here. Everybody lives here.
0: Okay, I have more video. Here's what I'm going to do. That was the end of the encounter. Let me take you to the beginning to show you exactly what went down. And you will be able to judge who was right and who was wrong. Here it is.
3: Okay, but I'm, I'm trying, trying to the go VA, So get the f- Yeah, I'm going to record you because this is ridiculous. I have a dog and I'm trying to take my trash out. Okay, and you can do that. I'm trying to go home. I just did work. work. Like, you don't need to swear at me because your dog, talk to your dog as a neighbor you need to walk away as a neighbor no i don't you should be able to I control to your exit dog exit the door. and you i'm go. literally right here you're being weird you need to exit the door you can go now i mean i have a lot going on here you, oh. need, you need to be normal you need to be absolutely. normal you literally just told me to back door. i'm going to my yeah, home Okay, and that's not how you speak to people. You could literally have said. me. No, I'm gonna send this to the office because this is ridiculous. I live here. I am literally trying to go. You can go. Is he attacking you Did I say he was? You acted like he was gonna attack me. I said hi to him. He ran up on me. I have two hands, buddy. Okay, and two hands. And a door, Fram. Okay, you can get there. Yes, and you started hollering at me and screaming at me, and now I'm recording.
2: I got Okay, foot. that's
3: between you and your broken foot, man. Yeah, and then the, the okay.
2: already knows Okay, so you don't need to
3: cuss at me. Okay, can you, you please go? Foot. I'm trying to go home. You want me to go with the broken foot, you dumbass? There's stairs over there. <laughs> please hurry up. I'm literally I just know. trying to You want to f- start? Go to the stairs. I'm going to send this to the office because this you is better. unacceptable. I will.
0: Damn it, I'm sending this to the office, too. There's actually more video. Here it is.
3: This I, hurts. I, I You understand how much it hurts? And you would continue to woman. Okay. Take now. You take. What floor are you on? What floor? You, you, what floor you, you don't working? need to know that. To, I swear to God, we'll do this. Okay. I'm a single ass woman who dies for herself. Okay. And okay. I would like to respect you, but
2: you You didn't respect me so really as soon great. as you got off the,
3: the elevator and told me to back no, Dude, We're not doing this. Okay. So you already know what you did. You didn't do anything
0: spoken in true caronicity, I would like to respect you. The line of the day to me was, as a neighbor, you need to walk away. Okay, uh, there's only one loser here. That is the canine. This is petty AF. I mean, damn. And remember, at the end of this ordeal, the Karen blocking the elevator started to seek validation from other people around her, making it seem as if the person recording was the one wrong, called her crazy. All right. Cousins, make it make sense.
2: I, I I I have, you know, so much sympathy for the dog because even the dog's face is like, <laughs> right. this isn't the first time she's done this. I, right. just, I just wanted to go to the bathroom. I don't even know what's happening here. I like people. I don't know why she's like this. But the whole thing is just so crazy because, you know, there, you can't make sense of it no matter how you slice this. There's no offense that took place. There's no you know, uh, weird situation. There's no way to justify that woman's behavior. And I don't know how she just kept doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on it. And then she brings up the broken foot. And if you watch at one point she's limping and then she starts walking away and the limp is suddenly gone. There's no cast on the foot, no air boot. I I I don't know what is going on with this individual, but hopefully the building did do something about this, you know, because the neighbors, that woman doing the filming should not have been treated like this at all for any reason. That's right. And she deserves to live in a place where she doesn't have to put up with, you know, people that are gonna prevent her from getting on the elevator for, for literally no reason at all. It was just, it's nuts. The whole thing's nuts.
0: Yeah, it is time that we start advocating for all apartment complexes to have an additional clause, uh, the anti-Karen Clause. If you are a Karen, they can move forward with the procedure to remove you. All right, hell of a thing. Louisiana employee, government worker, decided to relieve himself inside of the water supply. it up for a full mass. This is a damn shame. Louisiana government employee caught on camera, uh, urinating in the city's water supply. Yeah, he wants somebody to drink that. He has now been fired and is facing criminal charges. 57 year old government employee has been arrested and charged with multiple felonies after he was allegedly caught on camera doing the do in the city's water supply. On at least two separate occasions. There may be more. Michael Mastin, an employee at a water supply treatment plant in Donaldsville, was taken into custody last week, charged to two count each of contaminating water, contaminated water supplies, and criminal damage to critical infrastructure. Right? You see uh, his getaway walk right here. Uh, after he engaged in the alleged criminal activity. In surveillance camera footage obtained by Baton Rouge NBC affiliate WVLATV, the now former city employee appears to walk out of an office located behind a large pool field with water, surrounded by yellow guard rails with three control panels affixed to the front rail. A man appearing to be masked and walks toward the security camera, which is positioned to capture the control panels. Border pool and office door, and repositions it upwards so the pool is no longer visible. The man then walks over to the rail and appears to unzip his fly and urinate in the pool, looking over at the camera several times before re-zipping his fly and walking back into the office. He returns from the office about 30 seconds later and places the camera back in its original position. To include the pool in the shot again. Now, I want to remind everybody, uh, not only was it not the place to do the do, uh, he didn't wash his hands, which, in my opinion, should be another charge, walking around the damn office, shaking hands, nasty as hell. Let's put up the parish president, okay? And I'm sure he's like, now, damn it, Michael, this is the last thing we needed. President Clint Koinkman says, well, his administration learned of the employee's alleged actions in the morning of March 22nd. Wait a minute, let me just... how, How do you break that news to the head of the government? Say, hey, um, Mr. President, you know, Michael, Michael has been urinating in our water supply for probably a long time. Okay. Uh, They learned about it on March 22nd, immediately opened an investigation according to the narrative. When the claims were shown to be credible, Mastin, at around 2.45 PM, was terminated from his tenured position. He had a tenured position with the city. Sheriff's deputies took him into custody less than two hours after he was fired. Records show. The parish head reportedly told WVLA that multiple tests and samples have confirmed that the incident, while crude, did not compromise the safety of the city's drinking water, which still meets all requisite standards, Dear sir, I now have to question your standards. If you're telling me that a man can literally relieve himself in your drinking water and it still meets the standards of the government, I now question the standards. There's more. Following his arrest, Mastin refused to tell APSO investigators why he allegedly uh, relieved himself in the water, particularly when there was a bathroom located nearby on the same floor, according to a report from The Advocate. The report further states that officials went through surveillance footage and found Maston had urinated in the pool at least one other time in the last 30 days, which is as far back as the plant's video archives go. Um, hey. This is just a hunch here, but I think if you go beyond 30 days, you're going to find that he was doing it then too. What would make a person do something like this? This is uh, insane, extreme, depraved. I don't know. He's not talking, at least not yet. Okay, cousin's thoughts here.
2: Yeah, I I definitely think, obviously, this is not this guy's first rodeo here. He knew exactly which camera to move, you know, what he was doing. It's it's not like, again, it wasn't even an emergency situation where he's, oh, my God, I have to do this. I'm so sorry. He moved the cameras. The bathroom is right down the hall from him. So, yeah, this kind of strikes me as the kind of behavior that he may have done it once just on a, you know, get the thrill of it and then probably kept doing it right there's most likely a pattern to this kind of behavior so we've got to figure out obviously what sparked it to begin with what put him on this path to to peeing in the water is it you know some vendetta against the city does it make him feel powerful that haha everybody is now drinking my urine it, it's something and hopefully they can get to the bottom of this but at the same time they got to do a better job of, of screening who is working there and who you're giving tenure to. I mean, yeah. my God, this guy thought he was untouchable and he's doing these unspeakable things. So maybe rethink the whole tenure system uh, because that just seems very weird to me. It's not something uh, that that I've heard of. So yeah, uh, definitely some problems uh, with the whole way they're doing business, I guess.
0: Yeah, three words for the government. Oil. Water advisory. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, Karen Blocks Elevator, Uh, Bill's Dragons Circles the Wagon says, I love how you say allegedly relieving himself in the water supply when he's on camera. (laughs) Right. It's a TV thing. Uh, Moving the camera before he does it. Uh, It's intentional because the bathroom can't be that far away. Yeah. Uh, C. Michael, thank you. C. Michael, as always. The Karen was actually trying to save the woman. She knew she was infected with Karenicity. Didn't want to infect others. And here's another Karen stressing her dog just so she could go Karen. There you go. Yeah. Uh, James Thompson. Welcome to Indisputable. Thank you for the support. Mr two fuss barrel ass. I'm sure I said that wrong. All right, no, she has no right to block the elevator of an effing resident. That's right, you don't have the right to do that. It's nowhere in the Constitution. Okay, councilwoman leaves a crash scene without a citation. We have the video. Here it is.
1: Hello. Hi. What happened?
2: Somebody's in yeah, the car?
3: Terror, that's my car. But I wasn't She's in there, but there's a girl in
1: there, but
3: she won't get out. She won't get out. 1535.
2: 1635.
3: 1022. Hello. What's going on? You want to shut the car off for me? You need an ambulance?
2: No. Oh, God, no.
3: What happened? I was driving here, and then I was on the phone with my daughter. (laughs) I just came back from Alabama, from visiting a college, and... I don't even know. You been drinking?
0: No. Yes. Huh? Possibly.
3: That's a yes or no question. No. No? Okay. Who's your license?
1: Hey. Oh boy. I was this close.
3: Oh, I'm about to. She got one more time and then I'm gonna work this crash. I don't care who's here. I'm she telling you. Snapped.
1: She snapped at you too?
3: She started cursing me out. Just while you were inside. She said,
0: i f- you get your life together, kid. So I'm about to show you get my life together. Let's put up the picture full mass. Interesting background here. The why is compelling. You're looking at the body cam footage recently released showing the Youngsville Police Department responding to a crash involving a local city council member, Kayla Menard-Rowe. This was back in November when it happened. While staying the night over a friend's sugar meal pond home in Youngsville, Louisiana, Sherry Goodry was awoken by a deafening crash and loud lights. She she called 911 after multiple unsuccessful attempts of speaking to the woman who had crashed into her SUV. Youngsville officers arrived quickly to the scene of the crash and Goodry told an officer that the woman in the vehicle refused to get out or speak with her. The woman also did not cooperate with officers. Moments later, Youngsville Police Chief Ricky Bardo arrived on the scene. Now, why is Ricky coming? He introduced the driver to his officers as Youngsville Councilmember, the great Caleb Bernard Rowe. Youngsville Police Chief, Ricky, there he is. (laughs) Look at old Ricky, coming to save the day. Hey, fellas, this right here is our councilwoman. No sobriety test was administered to the councilwoman after the chief left. No citation was issued because of the chief's presence. The speed limit is 15 miles per hour on the Paula Freight Parkway in Youngsville, development where the crash happened on November 12th. Yet the impact of the crash left both vehicles undrivable. It's been more than four months. And the victim says her 2016 GMC Yukon Denali is still being repaired after it suffered $25,000 worth of damage. Roe, the daughter of a longtime Youngsville police chief, Earl Menard said, she called the current police chief after the crash because she had just left his house. Let's put up the police chief again. So she got drunk at your home, Chief. Is that what she's saying? You let her leave your house intoxicated. I get it. Okay, you did not want to implicate you. That's why you showed up. All right, Um, it isn't clear why the councilwoman was at the uh, police chief's home. Uh, It may not be clear to some or how long she was at the police chief's home. Berto said the councilwoman dropped by to pick up something but declined to disclose specifically what she picked up. Oh, fear. He said she did not drink or use drugs at his home. Wait a minute, Chief. We didn't ask about any drugs here, sir. I mean, why are you talking about drugs? Youngsville Police Department has no written policy for conducting sobriety tests or issuing citations at the scene of crashes, according to the police chief. I'm not a big proponent of writing somebody a citation when it's clearly an accident. I mean, this police chief is just a regular good guy, right? No policy, he don't write tickets, people come to his house late at night, don't know what they picked up, but he knows it wasn't dope. Uh, He says, I'm not a big proponent of writing somebody a citation when it is clearly an accident. They're going to have enough to deal with getting the quotes for the car, talking to the insurance and all of that. Our job is to not decide if someone is right or wrong in an accident. Sir, that is absolutely the opposite of what you do with an investigation. You literally actually investigate to conclude fault. Damn. I mean, this chief is going all the way. All right. I don't know what she picked up, but it must've been a hell of a something. So the chief says the job of the police is not to determine who's right or wrong. Uh, Bordeaux said Roe was not given any special treatment because of her elected position or relation to the former police chief. The councilman has since issued a statement upon release of the footage. Rose says she suffered a concussion during the crash that caused memory loss and uncharacteristic behavior, and that she would never ask for special treatment because she is not above the law. understand that driving while being tired and distracted can be dangerous, and I encourage anyone to adhere to safe driving practices. She wrote this on Facebook. I want to apologize for any uncharacteristic behavior exhibited during the accident. I want to assure the community that this is not indicative of my usual conduct and was a result of the head trauma uh, that I sustained. In her written statement, Roe apologized to those affected by the crash and assumed the community and assured, excuse me, the community that she was, and I quote, taking all necessary steps to address the situation. I remain committed to serving the people of Youngsville with honesty, integrity and dedication. I am truly sorry. She said, sorry for what? You just got you got tired. You got to an accident. If that's all it is, and the chief already said you didn't pick up any cocaine, so. All right, this is so uh, wild, but really, dear brother, it's indicative of kind of like small town situations,
2: right? It 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 really is, and honestly, like if you ever if anybody ever wanted evidence, like show me evidence of white privilege. Um, there you go. You just have to read <laughs> right. this story and watch the video. But the other thing too i just got to point this out real quick where she says i'd never ask for special privileges you literally made a call to ask for special privileges you you did that you called the man whose house you were at and yeah like you said police officers if you've ever been in a car accident where the officers show up it's it's on the citation who's at fault that's that is their job just oh this is good old boy small town southern politics at its finest, and it's disgusting.
0: Right, I mean, the chief was like, (laughs) citations. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. A lawsuit claims coercion and racism at a barbecue chain. This is a hell of a story. Let me put up the picture for a mask, give you the background to this. A South Carolina barbecue chain, known for its pro-segregation stance in a landmark 1960s case and its embrace of the Confederate flag in 2000, is facing allegation of racism and sexual harassment by the fired general manager of one of his restaurants. Okay, This is according to a lawsuit filed last week. A black woman who worked at a Maurice's Piggy Park barbecue location in Columbia. The man who ran it, General Manager Jeff Harrison, coerced her early last year into a sexual relationship and promises of a raise, which he paid. She says she quit after he grew irate and more threatening when she rebuffed his additional sexual advances. The Associated Press isn't naming the woman because she is an alleged victim of sexual abuse. And we agree. In a separate lawsuit brought last month, Damian Wooden, another black former employee, Wooden contends that Harrison left him racist voicemails, including slurs and threatening to break his jaw after he told Harrison to stop calling and harassing the female employee who quit. The lawsuits, which seek undisclosed damages, accuse the company of negligent supervision and accused Harrison of intentionally inflicting emotional distress, assault, and battery. This is a statement from the company. A company receptionist told the AP that Maurice's Piggy Park barbecue had no comment. Its president, Lloyd Bessinger, told ABC Columbia News that the company does not condone or accept any sexual or racial behavior. When I heard of Mr. Harrison's behavior, I fired him uh, imminently. Bessinger said in a statement, we are a local family business that supports the community by providing jobs and great barbecue for 60 years. The company's problematic history, it started, let's go to 1964. In 1964, a waitress at a piggy park drive-in refused to take two black customers order. Owner Maurice Bessinger justified his refusal to serve black customers inside his stores conveyed through window signs based on his religious opposition to racial integration. In 2000, Bessinger opposed the South Carolina legislature's removal of the Confederate flag from the dome of the state Capitol by flying it outside of all of his restaurants. Okay. So this is the reason the manager believed, Hey, I can do these bigoted and racist and sexist things because my boss is one. That is likely the ideology of the management who engaged in this kind of behavior, allegedly. But we shall see, because at this point, you have two lawsuits. They are congruent in nature. You may have more, especially, especially if this individual was involved in managing others. You may have many more lawsuits. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the response from this particular agency wholly inappropriate, does not speak to the issue at hand, uh, and does not address the culture that we understand historically exists. All right, Jackson, thoughts here.
2: Yeah, that uh, definitely is an example of just uh, company culture that festers within any environment and the type of people it tracks and how it enables uh, any employee, whether it's a uh, low level or management to take advantage. And uh, the lawsuit is 100 percent correct, just in terms of his behavior being uh, purposefully uh, emotionally sadistic, going after people and getting a kick out of them being
0: uncomfortable, especially uh, when it comes to uh, the woman he coerced into having sex with him. Because, you know, when men do things like that. Obviously, it's about power. It's about yep. feeding your
2: ego, feeling like you're in a position of control, because it's not as if men can't just go somewhere and pay for sex in a variety of ways. Um, Or just get on a date nap and
0: be a decent. There's so many options. Um, So that's not about sex. Uh, Right. So this guy
1: clearly is just really a a rotten individual um, who deserves any type of negative attention that's coming his way.
0: Yeah. So we shall follow it. All right. Welcome back. We have an indisputable exclusive a woman arrested after attempting to simply bring back an item we have the video and we have the background We first go to the video here it is I, I just
1: want to get out of here they, mm-hmm. i'm gonna pick it up later though. oh this is your
3: phone yeah. you're, you're, oh okay you're, you're friend Attorney.
1: no well she said that um Ma'am. yes just so you know because the crime was committed crime whether you said it was can or was it you recorded that's mm-hmm. fine Stop. I'm about to explain to you. <laughs> the girl stated she was threatened. Ma'am, I'm explaining it to you. You want to know? I, 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 mm-hmm. The girl stated she was threatened. Okay. Who, who said Stop. Was threatened? Uh, listen to me. The lady stated she was threatened. I've explained it to you. We're doing the time to, it. to do an incident report.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We need your information for the report. If you refuse, it's called RDO resist, delay, and obstruct. Mm-hmm. You're delaying our instructions. Therefore, we will lock you up and charge you on. But let me call the state center. Let me get back on the phone So what do you want to do? We need a few minutes no, to talk to State Senate. No, record me. Record me. Record, okay, right, right, record okay. it. Record it. Because they're gonna arrest you. Right, right, so okay. so okay. Make sure yeah. you close it. So record. No, no, no. I didn't
3: I didn't I did not say take me to jail. What I said was you don't have a right to take me to jail because I didn't do anything. You threatened me. And what I'm asking you to do is check the cameras. That's all you have to do. I said the same thing to the And I've explained
1: it to you. We tried to get everybody's information for the report. So everybody know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So you're arresting no, me because to, I didn't give you my information? Because before, you refused before. to help us with the report because a crime occurred here. A, pa- a crime happened. Huh? A threat is a. Is a crime. You threaten me right now, so you. I'm hand th- hand hand th- me hands. Th- so you threaten th- me th- right now, so we need a report on on you. to report on you. This guy arrested. Take a warrant. the captain right now. got Do me a favor. Film them. Yeah, I got a film already. So arrest this guy right now for threatening me. What's your officer's name, sir? Officer. Arrest this guy.
0: I have the rest of the story put up the picture of the woman who was in the center of this debacle at Walmart. A woman who purchased a television at Walmart broke in the parking lot, the television broke in the parking lot. This was on March 15th in North Carolina. She attempted to return the TV, but an employee threatened her according to her allegation. When the woman complained to police about the threat, she was arrested after what she and bystanders say was a racially motivated police call. Her name is Latina Jock, uh, Jackie T, is the pronunciation. She's 54 years of age. Uh, Miss Latina had just made about $700 in purchases from the store. Okay, that's the receipt. She loaded the new TV in the car, but the $350 TV cracked. When she loaded it, a Walmart employee told her it's on the property, you can exchange it. When she returned to the electronics department, another employee said she could fast track the returns line to make the exchange. Here's the parking lot she said she had just returned from. Right? Miss Latina brought both TVs to the returns department, but confusion. Ensued. The employees asked her to go back to the cashier's line um, and wouldn't help, wouldn't open up another register. Latina says she had been in the store over two hours up at that point. She wanted to go. When she explained the other employees' instruction that she could quickly exchange the TVs, she said another employee threatened to quote, Beat her, she said, the quote was, beat your ass. She definitely threatened me, but when the police came, I had no intention of trying to get the employee arrested. I was ready to go home. I was frustrated. That didn't open up or say anything crazy. The Walmart employees did call the police for a disturbance, according to the incident report. Latina says, other employees and a manager rushed the woman who threatened her to the back. But when police came, they escalated the situation. After Ms. Latina described the threat by the employee, a bystander who witnessed the situation said he had seen a lot of things in his life, but that, quote, took the cake. A former federal law enforcement officer of 26 years, Brad Ray, told Indisputable, Latina's rights were completely ignored by the police. This is a quote from Brad Ray. Me being a citizen of this country and a black man, I stood back and watched. That's what police normally do when they don't have anything. Throw something against the wall and they see if it sticks. We're tired. This kind of thing's been going on too long. Lumberton police arrested Ms. Latina for obstruction when she did not turn over her ID. But she did, however, give her name. North Carolina is not a stop and identify state. So unless the police suspected another crime, she says she did not have to produce her ID. Latina was only charged with a misdemeanor, resisting, obstructing a police officer. In the Lumberton police report, we have it there. Ray said a woman at the Walmart subway commented to him, the incident was the wildest scene she had witnessed in a Walmart saying, and I quote, this kind of thing only happens to a black customer. Ray also said he would testify on Latina's behalf if she goes to trial. So far, Latina said she would not take a deal Or probation and intended to fight the charge until the end. Her next court date is April 12th. Let's put up the captain. Captain Parker of the Lumberton Police would not comment because it was, and I quote, an ongoing investigation. He is the chief of the Lumberton Police Department, uh, Michael McNeil. All right. So this is going to be an interesting dynamic. Obviously, this is a developing story, uh, and this developing story should have a common sense conclusion. What's the common sense conclusion? Look at the video, like she said, that's it. Look at the video, you all are investigators. In you could have pulled it during the scene. If she would have been accused of shoplifting, what would you have done? You would have pulled the video, exactly.
2: All right, thoughts here. Yeah, 100% of this is on that video. And and that's really going to exonerate this woman in this particular situation, but more importantly, the eyewitness accounts, the surveillance video, all of that could e- easily also be used in a lawsuit against these police officers, should she choose to go that route as well. Yep. So uh-huh. this isn't just about you know her being able to win the case and get the charges against her dismissed. Uh, she's got another legal avenue that those cops need to be definitely worried about because I'd say that's a pretty strong case that she has, and I hope she does it, and I hope she takes them to the cleaners as a result of what they did to her.
0: Yeah, and Walmart continues to allow things like this to happen to their customers without saying a damn word, all right? These people fund you, Walmart. You should protect them, advocate for them, especially when it is clear that officers are violating the rights of your customers. All right. My dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you. Check out your great work.
2: Yeah, YouTube. <clears throat> excuse me, YouTube.com/slash/the-ring-of-fire. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Baron Balanced.
0: There it is. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, the bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, let's get it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the bullpen. We covered that chaotic scene earlier this week, the man who jumped to action to protect a child who was being aggressively accosted by a grown white male, none other than pastor and councilman Brian E. Hawkins. We also covered when the discussion was about critical race theory, And a white female told him, basically, go back to where you came from. Okay, once again, a racial trope, as if somehow America belongs to one person. Let's get into it. Pastor, councilman, good day. Welcome.
1: Welcome, and uh, thank you, Dr. Richard, for having me on.
0: We appreciate you being here. Uh, Very thankful for your leadership. Uh, For those who would like to look up some background, this brother has overcome significant obstacles in his life, just like many of us have. Uh, and he is a highly respected and regarded member and leader of the community. There's this uh, there's this situation where a, a young Black girl or young child uh, is being yelled at, basically. So what came over you, dear brother? Why did you jump to action like that? And what did you think was going to happen?
1: So, um, and you know, I want to start off first. You know, the the speech that was given uh, prior to this uh, by a good friend of mine, Dion Hairston. I, I want to recognize him because the speech that he gave was very powerful. Uh, the end quote was uh, a a reference from Frederick Douglass, and I think that that's a really important part um, because he was sharing about you know critical race theory and the the reality of it. And this is the brother right here in the video, um, and when he was walking back to his seat, you know, a lady in the back who's identified, her name is Melinda Imeg. I think people need to understand and know who these people are in the community. Mm -hmm. So comfortable to yell out this uh, language uh, to get out of our country. Um, At that moment, I was standing in the back. Um, Many people asked me to speak during the event. I chose not to, I wanted to just observe and see what was going on with the entire crowd. There was a lot of tension already from the beginning from the national anthem when many of the youth took a knee in the back you know, so there was so many different things that was happening. And at that moment, when the police started to escort uh, Dion out of the uh, auditorium, uh, the crowd started to yell to get the, get the woman because apparently they were more concerned with removing him than the initial person who sparked this whole outrage. And at that moment, I looked to my left and all I saw was a tall man White, we could put a you know color to it for understanding purpose. Standing over this small child, now the young lady, she's about four eleven, maybe five feet at best. This gentleman is actually taller than myself, and I'm six Standing over her, and at that moment, I immediately rushed over to grab and pull her back to remind this man that this is a child here in this place. And so there was nothing going through my mind other than there was a child here, a young black female. And I wanted to make sure that she knew she wasn't by herself.
0: You know, it was a beautiful scene, dear brother, to see that. And obviously the young uh, leader will remember how the community contextualized through your actions stood up for her in her moment of need. Let's go back to the origin of this. The debate or the argument was about critical race theory and the board voted to somehow eliminate the teaching of critical race theory or to ban it, it's not even taught in K through 12 education. Uh, And that was the point of your friend. Your friend was saying, listen, first of all, why the hell are we here? Not even taught, right? This whole thing is ridiculous. And in his expression, uh, there's a person who shouted, basically go back to your country or whatever. And that's when it seemed as if the councilman or the person who was convening the meeting wanted him removed. Uh, And that's when the crowd said, whoa, wait a minute. He's not the person out of line here. So the crowd had to literally redirect the energy back to where it needed to be. While this is happening, dear brother, you're outside. You're seeing this other thing taking place as well, starting to happen too. Why is this such a hot button issue? and, And I submit it in this context, councilman. It's a nothing burger. It doesn't even exist. So you give us some insight as to why in the hell are people so damn passionate about something that is fictional.
1: So it goes back to the part in the speech that my friend Dion referenced to uh, Ruby Bridges. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's not Ruby Bridges that's stopping this from being taught. It's the grandparents that their children would see these videos and these images and ask, you know, where were you at during the time of Ruby Bridges? And this is where some of the shame and the guilt is coming from. There were other elected officials uh, that was asking that the young lady not be removed. I'm talking about the lady who yelled this language out. Um, And they need to be, you know, you know, put out there. You know, Jessica Alexander from Temecula uh, City Council, Uh, Kenneth Perdue from uh, Marietta Unified School District. This is becoming it's kind of like they're creating this blueprint to take over the schools and push this narrative. Uh, I watched a documentary Eyes on the Prize and I heard some of the same language. Don't bring this communism into our school when they were segregating. But well, what were they talking about? They were talking about bringing black. So this whole n- language of critical race theory said, hey, don't bring this you know, language. Don't bring these blacks into our schools. This is what's starting to happen. And it's not everyone in the city of Temecula. This is an organization that is pushing this. The gentleman who was in front of the young lady, uh, you know, I come to understand and it was interesting because I was watching your early interview about the guy who was urinating
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in the um, water um, dispensary at the, the water district. Well, this guy who's identified as Troy Childs work for the um, Metropolitan Water District of the Southern California. He works in the water district. So now I'm really concerned. I've gotten tons of calls from people who work with him. is talked about he's a bigot at work, mm. and he races at work. So this is not just someone who just decided to have this moment. I'm hearing that this is his character away from this moment. If you wow. go back and watch the beginning of the film, he literally jumps up and starts yelling at the children before he goes back there. Um, and so, you know, people say, hey, why are you putting this guy out there? You know, the young lady stepped in front of him. She was protecting her friend. He was yelling at her friends. She's more of the hero in this story mm-hmm. than anything. I'll just happen to be there. The young lady who stood in front of this gentleman is the real hero. Dion Harrison, who made that speech, those are the real heroes. The parents who are fighting, you know, uh, there's a young lady named Genesis. She's been attacked so much uh, because she's been standing up against critical race. theory. These are kids are in school. These aren't adults. These are children taking on real issues that I wanna make sure, as we say in Brianna Taylor, to say their name.
0: That's right. Uh, the people of San Jacinto are lucky to have you as a representative for them. What I would like to ask you now is this, because you hit nail on the head. It's a blueprint, dear brother. It is a blueprint. And that blueprint is to tell the future problem solvers of America that there is no problem to solve. And that is why they are attempting to eradicate fact and truth in educational standards. What do you see? Is our obligation as members of the community, leaders, forward-thinking individuals, we see what's happening. What should we do?
1: This is a time to really get involved, you know, sitting back, being silent, being quiet, those days is over. Um, we have watched the documentaries, we saw Bloody Sunday, we saw Edmund Pettus, yeah. this, is, this is our 65. This is you know, what we always constantly say. If we're not learning from history, we're doing to repeating it. We know that history has been inaccurate the way we've been taught. And so now what these children are asking for is teach accurate history so we can learn from it. And I'm calling for those, you know, regardless of your race, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of you know, your background, this is a moment of action. Um, you know, Run for office. Get involved. Don't just sit back. You know, make sure you allow your voice. As I like to say in Horton here's a Who, let them know that we are here. And this is a call. You know, this blank piece of paper, this resolution that literally does nothing, has cost the city of tobacco Tebe- the school, over eighty thousand dollars. Wow, eighty thousand dollars. We're not even. You know, think about that. For a document that can't do anything, to stop a teaching that's not happening, people protesting against a speech. Of a famous, you know, leader Frederick Douglass, and to argue that racism doesn't exist, while you're hearing a woman yell these language, get out of our country. Like, what country do we have to go through? Where are we supposed to go? That's what it that reminds me of, you know. And so, you know, this is really a call of action, and I'm glad that I'm on here uh, to share this message, and and hopefully it doesn't die down because of the 2024 election. This is just, this is just a foreshadow of yep. what's the things to come.
0: That's right. Uh, I'm glad that you are on the front lines fighting, dear brother. You have an open opportunity to come here any time. We appreciate your leadership. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.